The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everybody. It's Kat Sadler, and this is It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. I've spent decades in TV broadcasting and conducted hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews in the span of my career. And on this show, the conversations continue. My goal is that every episode feels entirely brand new, but also like coming home. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. It's Tuesday. It's a brand new, it sure is a beautiful day. And once again, I'm just grateful for y'all. The reviews continue to come in on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. And I'm feeling good. I hope you're feeling good as we kind of are moving our way into the new season, the fall, the autumn, although it's been very, very hot here in Los Angeles. I'm really stoked for you to hear today's conversation because I know you are going to get so much out of it. But before I set that up, I just want to thank you all because if you listen to this show, you probably follow me on Instagram and I have been getting so many messages and words of encouragement and virtual hugs from you guys in regards to my sweet, sweet Scarlet. And if you missed it, Uh, She's my beautiful queen, my German shepherd. She's about 13 years old. And this week, she was really struggling. We went to the vet. She's had a lot of tests, and it was determined that she has stage 3 kidney disease. And so her her kidneys are failing her, and it's just heart-wrenching to watch her. She's she's uncomfortable. She's okay. It could be worse. But just knowing that this is really her final act. Uh, it's it's hard, but I've been getting so many messages from you guys sending me TikTok videos, showing me all these holistic remedies, things that have helped your dogs. And I'm just literally, my heart is swelling because of the response to my news and the way you guys have just kind of like rallied around me. I'm honestly, it just really does bring me so much joy. It's one of the reasons I'm like so grateful for social media and the community and the exchanges we have. So I I see you and I'm reading the messages and I just love you guys so, so much. So I wanted to say that here. But today's guest, Miss Allie Love, maybe you follow her on Instagram, maybe she is your Peloton instructor because this fitness guru, she is world-renowned, she is wildly popular, and I have watched her from afar for so long, and I wanted to bring her on the show because I'm like, she's got the light, she's got the light, whatever she's got, we need, and this conversation did not disappoint We talk about confidence a lot today, so make sure to stay through the whole episode because we really get to know her at a personal level. We hear about a very traumatic accident that she had when she was a little girl and how that shaped her, how that kind of brought out the fighter in her and how she's kind of had to battle and hustle through life. But also, what is confidence? This confidence that she exudes on the court for the Brooklyn Nets as the the host of the in-game events, 
She also has a, a company called Love Squad. She's the founder of that. She gives TED Talks. So she exudes all this confidence. And today we talk about how we get it. We also talk about why listening to your body and refueling is so vitally important, especially when we're all so busy. Sometimes that means just dropping on the couch for literally eight hours and why that is so important to do. So a lot of takeaways in today's episode. I know you're going to love it. I want to hear from you on social. Tag us, repost us, screen grab the podcast wherever you listen to it on whatever platform. And I just, um, I know you're going to be fueled up today. This is some good, good food for the soul. Let us know what you think. Here she is, Allie Love. Allie is a wildly popular Peloton fitness trainer. She is the in-game host of the Brooklyn Nets. She is a TED talker. She is a podcast host. She is, you know, she's got her basics of bossing up TV. I mean, you are doing all the things. And what I love the most about it is that it all really seems to be encompassing empowerment and love and lifting each other up. You have the love squad too, which I want to talk all about. However, the first thing I want to ask you is just, how are you today? How are you at this moment? How are you doing? I always say that's one of the hardest questions to answer. And most times it's the most common question being asked. I would say today, usually in class, we give a perceived exertion, like basically like when you are taking a class, how much energy it's going to take and or how hard it should feel. And so I will use the same kind of analogy on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like, this is the best day of my life. One being this is the worst day of my life. I'd say I'm about a solid six. I don't want to say that it's too, you know, I'm, I'm too excited about anything, but I'm not super like, oh my gosh, you know, the world's falling around me. And I trust me have those days. But I think today in, in asking me, how am I now? In this moment, I'm a solid six. I think that I'm coming in off of two weeks of hosting the US Open. So I've neglected a lot of personal duties. So my house is in disarray. I'm trying to catch up on certain emails or certain classes. And so right now I've, I'm in the midst of multiple things on a random Tuesday coming <laughs> off of two weeks of being like completely booked. So while I'm grateful, I would say it's a six. A six isn't a bad place to be, but I think that awareness is important for me. I love it's a random Tuesday. This is true. And I'm sure you were just, I mean, God, what an experience you must have just had at the US Open, having a front row seat to all that has gone on there recently. But you know, it's funny. I had a therapist tell me once, Kat, we need you between a four and a six. Like every day should be like between a four and a six. And I was like, what? I was like, I thought like we're supposed to, you know, aim for nines and tens and I'm an eternal optimist and I want to always just, have, you know, feel good. And and he actually had a really interesting explanation about like, that really is the sweet spot because, you know, we do have our highs and sometimes that's super exhilarating and thrilling. But of course, the valleys are so important because they teach us things. So there's a real nice little hum kind of zen, warm, fuzzy place about a four to a six. So you're doing all right, Allie. Doing all right. I like that. <laughs> See, look at that. That made me feel good. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm in a, like I said, solid place. I'll take solid any day. Okay. No kidding. No kidding. Well, when I think of you, and one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the show is because you exude just such a light and this like endless energy, and you have this confidence about your spirit that is so contagious. And so I, I of course, we're going to hit on, you know, how that plays into your purpose and your career and what you're doing today. But 
that has to start somewhere. And, you know, did you come out of the womb kind of <laughs> like this? Or what part of your childhood kind of shaped you and groomed you into this person you are today? I know that you had a really tragic car accident when you were nine years old. So how did that play into kind of the young girl that you were and then the woman that you've become ultimately? Yeah. So I, it's interesting enough because I was um, going over my weekend and on the match cast that we do for the U.S. Open finals, for the men's finals, we were talking about our parents. Somehow we got out, we're watching tennis, we're talking about tennis, and then we started talking about our parents. And my my mother and father are completely polar opposites. My mom is a very structured person. She's a very like theoretical, academic person. Everything is kind of like by the book. Whereas my father, he's a you know, hippie with long hair and wears glasses and just like do whatever you want kind of kind of guy. Mm. And I think growing up in a household where you're it was accepted to, yes, we want you to strive for greatness, but it's okay to mess up or to not be perfect or not be liked. It was something that really influenced my person. I will say, not as I'm no perfect person by any measure of a sense, nor am I trying, although, no, let me take that back. Nor do I know that's the goal, although I'm still trying. It's a, that's that is a different that's for a different story. But you know, I'm still trying to be perfect, even though I know it's not reality. That's something I struggle with. But at the age of nine years old, growing up in a home like that, very funny parents. Like they they laugh, they love sports. They they're just it's just a very funny household. A younger sister, she's great too. But at the age of nine, I got hit by a car. We were at a family barbecue every Saturday. We all hang with our family. I went to get ice cream. I, lo I love ice cream. I love donuts to this day. You hear that beautiful noise of the ice cream truck. And just about the last two and a half years, I started sharing the story because I was doing work, like self-awareness work in the pandemic. And it was during that family barbecue, heard that beautiful sound and chime of the ice cream truck. I went to get an ice cream. I returned a second time to get my cousin an ice cream. I'm such a good cousin. And it just so happened the timing, you know, was I would say fortunate and unfortunate. Nine years old. I looked both ways, did exactly what I was taught. The house was right across the street from where the truck was parked and the car was behind the ice cream truck. So it was more of like timing. I walked out at the time the car zoomed out. It hit my little body. I flipped in the air, landed on the hood of the car, rolled to the side, broke my left femur, started up my body, cracked all my teeth. I was in the hospital for seven days, six of those days in traction because most kids, little kids don't break their hips. Older people do. So they didn't have any of the equipment to, mm. to do the surgery right away. And it was during that time where I was losing a lot of blood. And anyone who's listening, who's ever dealt with a traumatic situation or have had a family member and God forbid a child deal with it and you have to go through it with them. It's really, we know it's not easy, but it's very individual. It's very personal. And so with my parents, they're doing their best to cope with whatever's happening. But I started losing a lot of blood and it wasn't looking good. And I don't know how doctors do this, but, you know, the doctor came in and, and had a private conversation with my, with my mom and dad, letting them know to the extreme of, of what it is. And so my mom came back and she was really honest with me. She didn't cry in this moment. And I recently talked to her cat about this. I, she's like, I heard on the podcast, you tell this story. Obviously, I know the story, but I don't remember it like this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I remember it so vividly because I remember being in the hospital bed. My mom came in. She was like, we just talked to the doctor and it's not looking so good. I remember saying it's not looking so good. And I didn't know what to do with those words. You know, as I'm, I'm a kid, I don't know what that means. I don't know that she's trying to say, you know, that, that death is closer than we think, which is, again, at nine, you're like, okay, we'll make it look better. You know, like, make yeah. it look right, mom, like, fix it. And oh. I was like, you have, you know, you have two options. You, it's really hard. And you, you know, your dad and I spoke and if you want to, you know, Give up, like, you know, not give up, but she said, if you want to let go, that's what she said. It's really hard. We understand. 
she was like, but if you want to continue, you have to fight for yourself and you have to pray to God. And so there was a, again, while she doesn't remember this, and I remember, I remember exactly how the sky looked. I remember looking at my mother. I remember looking out the sky and thinking like, is God out there? You know, like you think of God in the clouds as a kid. I'm like, is God in that cloud? You know, in, in the wow. cloud And so I think that that conversation or that narrative really framed up kind of who I decided to be. I decided to continue to fight for my life and pray. And I always say those are two things that I've never stopped doing. While there are many times I do want to still give up, right? Like I understand that life can be taken away and how precious it is. But also life is, while it is a gift, it's challenging. And so it doesn't mean that I don't come back to that narrative or or that personal story. And there are many times where I also get mad at God and I don't want to pray, but I continue and consistently do those two things because I know where they've I know the turning point that occurred the next day and the next couple of days after that, after having surgery and things like that, that put me in a position and in a path, continue to ask myself questions, to trust my intuition, even though that can be really challenging too. Yes, 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 yes. That can be challenging. Wow. So I'm sure the fight, you know, extended beyond just the the hospital. Then you have to, you know, the battle begins in real life, back at school, back in just rehabilitating, back in like, okay, now I have to adapt like this and get strong and all of these things. So did you, you know, kind of feel that in your essence from that point forward? It's just kind of like there, there's a fighter in you and maybe that's where it was born? I, that sounds beautiful. I wish that was my tagline and that like just is how I live my life. But, you know, when you read the book, Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In book, and she talks about, you know, careers being a jungle gym. I think life is definitely more like a jungle gym. Like the, the, you're not, I'm not necessarily dropping to my lowest low and highest high every second of the day or oftentimes. It's kind of like I'm swinging from place to place. And that's exactly what happened post-hospital. I mean, going through rehabilitation was, I was lonely. I didn't know exactly how to feel. I was dealing with a lot of emotions because... At this point, from 9 to 10, 10 to 11, that, that's the time it took for me to kind of get back technically for, quote unquote, on my feet. And during that time, I'm changing from an adolescence into a preteen. So I'm dealing with emotions I didn't recognize. I'm dealing with all of those, the, the physical changes, the, the struggle of, of being a kid, but not technically being a kid anymore because I don't have access to just go outside and play. So while I wanted to sound so glamorous, like I got out of the hospital and then all of a sudden I always fought for everything. The reality is I went through one of the hardest moments with my mother. It it really challenged our relationship. Like I remember saying for the first time to my first and last, let's, let's be clear, everyone, first and last. Trust me, my mom wasn't having it. But for the first and last time, I said, I hate you to my parents, to my mom. Oh, yes. Ooh. And let me tell you, that didn't go over well. So yeah. I, I didn't think this one through because my mother, I'm mixed. My dad is white. My mom is black, right? And so my mom has taken off work, her full-time job, to stay home with me, which, thank God, like, they let her take off this much time to stay home with me. And so she thought it would be a good idea to, we have a big backyard in Miami, to go outside for sun, vitamin D, right? It helps balance the serotonin. All the things she knew, and obviously I didn't know. So she went outside and sat with me. And I remember being in a cast that wrapped around my stomach all the way down one of my legs. And it was so hot and sweaty. And I was getting so angry at her because I really want to go inside. I didn't want to go outside. And she's like, no, you need to go outside. You really need, this is going to help you recover. And I just remember being so angry. And I don't know, I guess I assume, the, I don't remember this part, but the conversation escalated. I remember saying, I hate you. And my mom got up and she said, again, didn't think this one through. She got up and she was like, okay, you can get yourself back in the house. And now mind you, again, we have a, we're very fortunate. We have a huge backyard. So getting 
myself in the house in a cast on grass with crutches was not easy. Oh no, I had like a walker, not even crutches. I had like an old person walker. Honestly, like when I think about it, it was so boss of my mom to do that. Like I didn't, she came back and got me because I literally could not get oh. back in the house. She, like, she gave me like a 15 minute window and like came back and was just like, okay, you need to watch what you say. And I did hurt. I know I hurt her feelings, but it was, yeah, the story isn't like I was a fighter. I was literally a brat for me. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably angry, understandably and frustrated and irritable. Girl, I, I also, it's funny when you said I told my mom I hate her once and only once. I did the same thing. It's it's really funny that I, I remember vividly the one time, I think I was 16, that I looked at my mother and I said, I hate you. And I, it, I think it hurt me more than it hurt her, actually, because I think I knew better. And I knew that it actually hurt her a lot. So it's just a little sidebar anecdotal moment that I also only told my mom I hate her once and still feel bad about it to this day. But we, 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 we've moved on. You know, we've all moved on, I guess. All right, guys, back in a minute. As we continue to get to know Miss Allie Love, how great is she? If you stop and look at the calendar, my gosh, fall is basically here. It's just around the corner. However, you know, as the seasons change, this is really an opportunity to kind of reset, think about little changes you can make in your daily routine to better your health. You know, I'm always preaching about this. I wanted to tell you about care of. Care of is a subscription service that ships you straight to your door, high quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders, again, conveniently to your door every single month. I love how this works because you go online to their super beautiful, sexy, streamlined website, but you take this short, in-depth quiz all about your lifestyle, about your health goals, you do this so they can give you a personalized recommendation, taking all the guesswork out of what supplements are best suited for you. To give you an example, I took the quiz super easy, but they ask you some questions that aren't completely run-of-the-mill, and it determined that I needed three daily supplements. So I have the 30-pack. I have it in this beautiful box that it comes in right on my counter. So every morning, I don't forget. And you have these little easy packets. So even if I'm not at home, maybe I'm at my boyfriend's that weekend, or I'm on the run, or I'm traveling, I can just throw them in my bag. Cute little packet. I got my three pills inside. And they even personalize the packets with your name. So mine says, hi, cat. And then every day there's even a little challenge. Today's challenge, uh, today's is have your favorite thing for lunch today. Uh, yesterday's was take a picture of the sunset and send it to a friend. So there's even these little motivational, loving messages that you can incorporate into your supplement ritual, which I love. You know, I'm totally down for that. It sure is a beautiful day. So guys, get involved. Take advantage of my special offer. You just go to takecareof.com, enter my code CAT50, and guess what? 50% off your first care of order. That's a great deal and one of the best promotions I have on this show. So again, takecareof.com, enter my code CAT50. You'll get 50% off your first care of order. Let me know how you love it because I know you're going to. 
Hi, I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. We're the co-hosts of a podcast called A Thing or Two. It comes out every Monday and the basic premise is this. We share all the stuff we think more people should know about. So that's apps, recipes, books, the nationwide haagen vanilla bean shortage that nobody else was talking about. Our no one. No one. <laughs> our preferred vacuum brands of which we have multiples and critical explorations of our unique approaches to paper towel usage. Listen, we think you're going to like it. A lot of people do. And who's to say you'll be any different? Listen and subscribe wherever it is you listen and subscribe to podcasts. I'm glad you got through that. And I think it's so interesting for people you know, to hear your story and to hear some of those adversities and real, like, legitimate, challenging seasons of our lives because it's easy to look at someone like you who is leading and who is teaching and is who, you know, is always encouraging others and, you know, have all of this confidence, like I mentioned, to know that some of that is actually built through these adversities in our lifetime, right? Like, I think that's so key. Talk to me a little about confidence because I think that's a, a through line through all of the the shares that you that you offer to your fans and your audience and whatnot. Because if we are being completely real and super vulnerable and raw in 2022, which I think is so important, it's like there is not a single person who doesn't suffer from insecurities or from waking up certain days and feeling like shit or always, you know, questioning their worth or their potential or hating on their bodies. You know, I was watching Lizzo at the Emmys last night and I was like, I mean, I literally, I was on my feet, I think in front of my TV, like sobbing because I was just so moved by everything she was saying about, you know, just love and everybody having their, their, their chance at, you know, loving themselves because at the end of the day, that's all we want is to love others and love ourselves. But for people listening who struggle with that confidence piece, you know, what what would some of your advice be? Like, what are what are some of these tools? What are some of these practices that people can implement to get there? So it's so funny because when you did the kind introduction of me, I'm going to probably say something that many people, I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to bleep it out because I don't curse as much. But, but many people will be shocked that I even think this way. But as soon as you were saying the intro of me and you're like energy and confidence. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I want to write a book and says energy and confidence and how it's effed up. Like, I was like, that's the title of my next book. I don't even have a book, but I have a next one. <laughs> I was like, because yes. I do. And I know in some capacities, I am hyper aware that my energy capacity, my energy storage is a little greater than the average bear. Right. And I know that because I do get up early I don't think that's for altruistic reasons. I get up early, like out of out of a vengeance to like get into your inbox before you get into mine. Whatever the motivation is, it works. I get up early. I go to bed early. I do have a lot of energy in terms of lasting. If I need to do 24 hours of work, I can do it. If I need to go through two weeks of hosting the US Open, no complaints. It's my pleasure. Like I do know how to run a race in life. Mm. So I know that there are many people and I've had friends who talk to me and were like, you don't understand that. I don't have that energy. I don't know where that comes from. I don't have a second wind. And so I, it is a privilege for me. I'm aware of that privilege and, and the fact that I can tap into that. However, when it comes to confidence, I don't think that I have some type of, maybe this is another thing that came up while you're introducing me. I was like, maybe I have not confidence, but I'm just, I have, I'm disillusioned. And maybe it's a happy, it's an ignorance and a disillusion that, uh, that has happened in life that has put me in a position to be labeled as a confident person. And I say that to say, not to discredit myself, but to really provide context to these concepts that are so, 
I don't even want to say they're normalized, but they're worshipped in a sense, mm. right? Like, oh, this person has confidence. Mm. I, I do think in terms of when it comes to confidence, there's a part of my brain that I can tap into that ignores a reality. I'm not sure that's healthy, but ignores a reality that says, you know, if I walk into a place and I don't feel good or I don't feel like I can show up as my best self, then I create a narrative that, again, ignores reality to say like, everyone, I'm sure there are six people in here that don't feel good or feel like they have on the wrong thing. And I don't know if that's a, that's a healthy way to ration it, but I know that that's what I go to. My default is to say like, everyone's trying their best or, you know, no one has this, or some people do are dealing with this just to make sure I'm not as lonely. And I think removing the ability to tap into or to fall into being or feeling lonely maybe puts me in a position where I can seem confident, more confident than the average person. And not even the average person, but like more confident in what I do. When it comes to actually being confident, I do, I do think this is true. I'm overly prepared. I really am. I'm the person, annoyingly, I'm the person in the meeting, in a conversation. Like I like literally write down notes to have a conversation with my husband because time is valuable and I don't want Sometimes I can sound harsh. I can sound direct. I can be mean and rude. I'm uh, capable of all these real things. And so I do think when people say you are confident or you're overly, I don't know if overly confident is a compliment, but using the word <laughs> confident, confident to describe me, I do think it comes to being prepared. I am someone who prides themselves on being very prepared because mm-hmm. I don't process the same way mm-hmm. or the same at the same speed as everyone. And and we all kind of vibe on different frequencies. So what you may get, you know, you said talk about Lizzo's speech. What you may have heard from her speech is different than what I've heard because we process things differently. Mm-hmm. For me, for me, it's recognizing that sometimes I process fast, sometimes I process slow. But if I'm prepared, whether I knew what I was going to wear before the event, again, like external confidence, I organized everything before I needed to be somewhere. I researched everything. I looked up things, you know, like when I am prepared, I then am my best self. And then that, that makes me feel comfortable which in turn is confident. Well, and that's a really good tip for people, just preparation, organization. You're right. It's almost like you have the armor then, at least. You are equipped with with little this, little that. All around you, you come to the table, whatever that table looks like, and at least you have that edge or that advantage, which at the end of the day is going to make you feel, like you said, maybe it's not even legitimate confidence, but at least you will have that 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 kind of essence about you to at least add to whatever it is that that you are doing or that you are up to. Do you get tired? Like I'm listening to you, like you said, you're like, you're prepared. You can go two weeks in a row. Like I, I think about the culture in which we all live and you think about this word boss babe and this word mm-hmm. girl boss and all of the, you know, there's this whole thing, you know, or was a thing about mm-hmm. do, 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 produce, 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 create, create, create. Like you always have to be grinding. And now I am sensing through what I've processed out there on the internet and what I'm scrolling on my phone and seeing it's kind of like there's this new kind of permission to not do all of that all the time. Like do find your balance and, and, like you were talking about running your race, you know, everybody's race looks different, right? So is it exhausting sometimes being in your Peloton shoes? Absolutely, right? Billie Jean King, pressures of privilege. I sent a quote to my mom. It's a blessing to do big things. And while all of these things sound good, when you are in the middle of shit, like it's hard, right? It, it's really hard. It's really hard to get out of your own way. So it's exhausting, absolutely. I literally, I don't know, maybe Kat, you're reading my mind. 
But I woke up this morning and was like, how do I put a graphic on my Instagram and tell them I'm tired? Like, just write, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And not even like, I'm tired today because I'm clearly I have a lot of energy. I'm not technically tired today. I'm just tired. And I come back to this question of what's it all for? And mm-hmm. I was having this conversation yesterday with my husband, Andrew. And I'm like, I got up in the morning. And again, for those of you that follow me on Instagram, you know that I'm dealing with a closet situation where my guest room, we live in a small apartment and we have an extra room fortunate enough to have it, but the closet gave up on itself. So I, I'm on my treadmill, my Peloton tread, being a great Peloton citizen, taking my fellow instructor's classes. And I turned around and the closet is now on the ground. And I was like, okay, well, you want to give up on life. I give up on you. So I left the closet on the ground for about two months. And so my whole wardrobe was just on the floor and I'm rummaging through clothes and all that stuff, which my husband bought a steamer from Amazon, which was, I was like, whoa, I'm addicted to steaming now. So Everything's been fine, you know? I haven't been going out into the world too wrinkled. But, you know, living... So we were talking because I got up yesterday. We finally got our closets done by California Closets. We're like, this looks amazing. I'm getting up on Monday. I just had two weeks. I'm about to get my whole life in order. So I get up on Monday and... Or yesterday. And I get started, you know? I like to make my little tea, like my matcha. And like I put on my AirPods. I listen to a lot of audibles. Like books really get me going. In my little routine... And all of a sudden, I don't know, something hit me and my energy shifted. And I just was like, what is this all for? What does it mean? Why do I care if people follow me? Why do I, why do I need to follow people? Why do I care to be on TikTok? Why am I upset that I'm not growing on TikTok? Why am I mad at Instagram? Then I was like, why? Like, I literally went down a vicious black hole. I took my AirPods out. I laid on the couch and I watched BritBox, some detective show, because I love like very British detective TV show. I'm addicted. I am highly addicted. I watched it for eight hours on that couch. And so Andrew like came out in the living room. He's like, have you eaten? I'm like, no, you want to cook me something? He's like, what happened? I thought you were like going to town. And I was like, honestly, I hit a wall. I, I can't answer what it's all for right now. I really don't know. So yes, the long-winded answer is I get very exhausted. I get overwhelmed. I get tired. But when I do, which was a shift for me today, I did talk about it with him last night. So I get to express to people that I love how I feel, truly feel. But one of the things that I come back to, whether I do it right away or not, is that North Star. And it's me figuring out, like, what do I love about what I do? And then taking, you know, reclaiming agency. At this point, I need to stop doing the things I don't love. I know that we all have to work and pay bills. I'm not like saying, oh, Allie's just going to give up on No, I got to pay my bills. I got to support my family. Like, I have duties. And that does come with stress that happens in life. But I'm not trying to add an extra layer of stress. And so, what I've devote, devoted to myself over the next three months before the holiday break is to figure out truly the, what are those things that bring me joy? And more importantly, what are the things that I'm doing that don't bring me joy? And I don't mm-hmm. think I've asked myself that enough. And that's where, do I get tired? Do I get exhausted? Yes. What I'm trying to do is to only get tired and exhausted for the things that are a necessity. I, we, we all need to work in some capacity. We need to show up for family. You, when you have a small kids, I don't have small kids, but I assume if those that are listening, having the baby, you got to be up for the baby and the doggy and the, you know, you got things that you have to do. Mm. And I want to remove the things that I don't have to do and that don't bring me joy. And that's what I'm searching for so that I'm not less exhausted, but I have room to just be just, yeah, to, to, to find that harmony. Mm. I love that so much. I think that's really going to resonate with people. 
as just an exercise to take inventory, like take Mm -hmm. inventory of what brings you joy and what doesn't. And like you said, it's not always so black and white. Sometimes you got to do those things that, that bring you less joy to make ends meet, but at least you can create a strategy to move away from that when you know what you know, right? You even said something in one of your one of your many offerings about slowing down to actually get more done. What is that philosophy exactly? Well, I think you nailed it just now. You used the word strategy. So sometimes I come back to terms that we try to we need to redefine. We talked about confidence, right? When you recognize confidence is just being comfortable. Comfortable is a nicer word. It feels better. When you think of brand, oh, Kat, what's your brand? Your brand is your reputation. Reputation feels like a nicer, more, you know, a word you can consume. So I think overall, it's kind of redefining these words. And the word that you use is strategy. A strategy is just a plan. A plan is just something you thought about and you put first step, second step, and third step. You may not even know what the ending is. And I think that is the most important part for me is like coming back to, and I love that you said my offerings. So sweet, my offerings. These are my offerings. I feel like they are. I feel like so much of your work when I look, I mean, you're serving. I feel like your work, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I, I, you can tell us why you get up in the morning, but I feel like your work, you're serving people. That to me is an offering and your gift that you're sharing with the world. Very Oprah of me, but right? Yes, I love that for you. <laughs> no, I, I again, like the, these offerings, I think it comes back, like I said, to that strategy. It's just like having a plan. And oftentimes we don't, including myself, we don't take a beat. We don't, we don't take time to think. We think we're thinking. Mm. So in order to slow down, like, in order, you know, slow down to go fast, slow down, like do less to do more. We think we're doing that. Okay, well, I'm on, on the train. I'm going to listen to my music and I'm going to think about this relationship. I'm going to think about this meeting. I'm going to prep for this. And while those things are very efficient on time, I'm not saying to stop doing that. I do think when it comes to our person, person like us individually, that self-care, self-love, those buzzwords are really us setting time on our calendar just to think about what makes us feel good, what makes us feel bad, what makes us feel nothing. Mm. And I think that's what I mean when I say slow down to go fast or slow or do less to do more. Mm-hmm. It's like, I do take time. Mm-hmm. And I did that yesterday, even though I was watching my, my Brit box <laughs> and like TV shows. <laughs> I, was, I was having those internal dialogues of really what, what makes me feel bad? What about social media makes me feel bad? What about my job or makes me feel good? What makes me overwhelmed? And I think being able to identify, that's what you, you mentioned, I am big on empowerment. I didn't know what the hell that word meant when I started my career. I knew I liked the word, so I adopted it and was like, this is a part of my brand, my reputation. Mm. And what I've learned over the course of the years is empowerment is so important because sitting with each other, having a conversation, we equipped, equip each other to be able to articulate how we feel. It's taking, giving each other space and holding space to work through and process in real time, the ability to articulate what we think and what we feel is what it means to empower someone, is to hold that space, to invoke that conversation, evoke that conversation, right? Like, I think that that's what empowerment means. That's why I want to continue to empower people. Yes. But I feel it, I feel like it, it, sometimes we got to do that for ourselves. Mm. I have to take a beat, put a meeting on my calendar for myself, don't plan anything, honestly cancel everything sometimes just to tap back in and say, I got to slow down. How is Allie feeling? Yes. And, if, and there, yesterday was like, girl, you're feeling like shit. You're mm-hmm. feeling like shit. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, why am I, this closet can wait. It waited two months. <laughs> it's fine. And I just like, let me sit down. And, and, and while I did, like I said, while I watched the show, I did do thinking. Thinking about feeling, I, I, I so believe that and connect with what you're saying about just how am I feeling? I think because of the pace, because of the demands, because of the grind, because of just the world in which we live being so full these days that, that many of us aren't doing that. We're not like really checking in and going, how do I feel? Luckily, I, in the last year and a half, I, I've been on a huge journey. My listeners kind of know this. My people who come to the show really understand. I've been through a whole hot yoga healing. I've done a ton of therapy. I've really like come through this other side of this kind of new version of myself. And yesterday I was, similarly, I was I had a full day. I mean, I got three dogs, two teenage boys. And it was one of those days where like, I'm up two hours early. I'm doing all this. Oh, and then one of my son just had a, his tonsils out. So he's a, like two years old when he's really 21. Being a baby, you know, boys <laughs> like, oh, I'm dying. You know, so I'm waiting on him playing nurse and I'm getting my other kid out the door. And then I really wanted to work out, but then I had to like still do laundry in between. And then I'm out here in my studio trying to book guests, like all the things. Then by the time dinner comes, Without, you know, listen, sometimes I do have help, but most of the time I do not. And I was like, literally every minute of my day was and giving and serving and creating the things. And the old me would have gotten to dinner and started preparing dinner for the family. And I would have cracked open a bottle of wine because Mm -hmm. I would have been feeling afraid or it was at the end. And I deserved that wine. The old me used to be like, just have a glass of wine. It's fine. It's not, you know, you, you're almost there, almost to the finish line. And instead I had some tea, made my dinner, kids did the dishes. And I, I stepped out my front door at about 745, eight o'clock at night. And I, you know, I'm recovering from COVID. So I'm actually trying to build some strength back. So I, I was only fast walking. I wasn't even running, but I, I just got like three easy miles in and took in the lights and the sounds in my neighborhood. And it sounds really silly, but it's because I was listening to how I actually felt. Like, what can I do for me to relieve some of this and kind of fill up a little bit here at the end of the day? So that by the way, tomorrow, I'm going to start off already on a better foot because I didn't sink the wine bottle and I didn't then stay up late, you know, binging Netflix. And that for me is a complete act of self-love, right? Yeah, I love that. But I do think people have to pay attention because if you're not paying attention to how you feel, then you're kind of constantly getting in these habits or a disservice to yourself because you kind of pick the easy way out just to either numb yourself or just get by because a lot of people are just trying to get by, right? And survive life. Yeah. No, I think that that's quite beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I think similarly, I'm in that season of my life too, where it's like, no, let's not crack open the bottle of wine. Like, let's let's take a beat and let's figure it out. And I don't know, I feel really inspired by you just sharing like that day to day. The reason for that is many of us that like, I deserve, I deserve this at the end of the day or in the middle of the day or on this weekend because I did. And it's almost like that doesn't necessarily, and yes, we deserve great things. We deserve love and attention and, and you know, the desires of the hearts you know, in moderation. But I do think like we can get caught up in the narrative of 
well, I did this one thing. Therefore, there has to be a, a, an immediate return. And mm. it's transactional, an immediate return on my investment. So if I did something for someone, I need to do something for myself. If I did something like, it, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm, I too am going through this transition of it's not about finishing the day or finishing a job or, you know, finishing this conversation with you and feeling good about myself after. It's also, you know, finding that, coming back to that four to six. I was listening to a podcast last night. So just because you shared your story, the way my day ended wasn't on the couch. While I did watch eight hours and I am a early bird, I end up, what ended up happening was I too made myself some tea in the later hours of the evening. And I got up and I finished all the closets in my house. So today, two hours. Yes, last night, the same thing. Then all it was, all was on the same day. So when I did wake up and I felt like, okay, I'm going to get after it. Energy shift, did nothing for eight hours. I end up in turn getting, not frustrated. It was a healthy, like I've rested. I feel better. I didn't force myself or my emotions. I literally organized my closets in all the rooms. And then I hopped on my Peloton tread and I took a 20 minute class by my colleague, Jocelyn. And it was a 20 minute pop run. I did a 20 minute pop run at 1030 at night, which I never, oh my God, I, I can probably count on one hand how many times I've run at 1030 at night, but I, wow. I, I never do. But I was just so inspired by them. I was in motion, took a shower, you know, did my whole routine, went to bed, woke up and taught my Tabata class this morning. And I felt like the fact that I gave myself a moment to slow down goes back to kind of what you asked me. I didn't even put this together until right now is that I went, I went fast. I got what I needed to do done on a different, it was a different timeline than I expected. Morning person happened at night, mm. but it's what I needed. Mm, I love that. And you, you found that out because you listened, you listened to yourself and you, and you responded. That's really, really cool. Working on ourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. I feel like, you know, I, I am a, a big believer that we are eternal students in life. We're always learning. I, I myself am a seeker and and whatnot. But like we were just saying, though, I've been in different seasons of my life. You've been through, everybody goes through these different stages and seasons and versions of themselves. Is there a part of you today that, that you're really working on? Is there a part of Allie's like, life that you are tweaking or working on or paying attention to because you are trying to improve yourself? I literally just folded my arms. So maybe that's a defensive. <laughs> like I literally like, like hmm, let me uncross my body. Body language is so important because the first thing that comes to mind is everything about Ali I'm working on all the time. Uh, but if I'm telling the truth and you said we're honest, this is a safe space. I think the last two years, while they've been very challenging for everyone and I'm not here to tell everyone's story, I, I can only share mine. It's been really hard for me. And this isn't like, oh, woe is me. It's been mentally really challenging for me. And I talk about, you know, mental health and, and there's a difference between your mental well-being and mental health, right? Mental well-being is the fact of taking space, taking care of your mental health before it gets to that point or, or doing preventative work. And while I thought I was doing the preventative work, I don't think that I was necessarily being as effective in my overall kind of habits or rituals in terms of supporting my mental well-being. And I think the last two years, I've, when you say, what are you working on? In short, my whole self, kind of like the answer. And that I really feel like I've lost myself. I've lost mm. who, or I've lost that good feeling that I have about me. Mm. And so I think I'm just in this space, which is why I'm taking, you know, the three months of like, what, what doesn't bring me joy? And the reason I know the indicator of that, of like, quote unquote, lost myself is, yes, I show up and I teach class and some people like it. Many people like it. Let's like, 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 like I don't want to take away from our members. They're amazing. Many of our members love it. 
many people, you know, they, they say the nice, they say many nice things about me. And, and I really do appreciate it. And many times I do need to hear them, especially recently. I haven't found or rediscovered is probably the best word. I rediscovered that, that joy that I used to have about being myself. And so it's been a journey for almost two solid years. And I feel good about the journey. I don't always feel good on the journey, but I feel good about the journey. Mm. In that I want to get back to hearing myself, mm. that intuition. And the reason I have to probably take a little bit more space, you know, many eight hours of BritBox, I'm again, <laughs> using that as a funny analogy, but in all seriousness, the reasons I have to take a little, a few more breaks than I used to do back in the day is because I do need to do a lot more self-work. And I, to find the voice of Allie, it takes a little bit more. I'll give you a quick example to surround out this answer. One of my best, bestest girlfriends, bestest mates from UK was in town two days ago. She came for fashion week and she was you know, doing her movie and things like this. So she messaged me after like, let's meet up. Let's, you know, grab a cup or let's have a drink. Great. So I made plans. This was on Saturday. I made plans Sunday evening. Once I'm like done with work, we'll go. To which I hit her up. It's kind of late at this point. She's with other friends. I'm with Andrew, my husband. And she's like, you know, if you're too, if it's too much, don't worry about it. But like, would love to see you. For some strange reason, a simple decision of weighing my option. I don't have to work tomorrow, Monday. It's my rest day. Do I feel tired? Do I have the capacity to go meet her? Do I love her? Is she important? Like all the things that you could probably disseminate in a, in a couple seconds to say, this is the answer. This is what I should do. It took me 30 minutes. It took me 30 minutes to like, answer all the questions. Then I went back and said, well, what if I say yes? And I'm really tired. I, I couldn't figure out how I felt. And this had nothing to do with her. This is a great example of what I do daily. Like, should I eat lunch at 12? Like I start to now, like the small decisions are so big mm. and they take so much more time and energy. And that's why I'm trying to remove the things that don't bring me joy. Cause I want to get back to that voice where it's like, let me make a decision. Let me be, whatever the outcome or the consequence or result is, I'll live with it, right? It's not that serious. So obviously I ended up meeting her. It was the, that was the right, I, that was the decision. It was only one and it was to meet her. And she gave me energy. Good friends always give you energy. So it's not even about it being tired or exhausted. Literally the best time. It was a group of five of us. We had the best time. But I share that example of, I don't know how many people out there that are listening that are just like, should I buy wheat bread? Should I buy white bread? And you're just standing in the grocery aisle for like, 15 minutes deciding which one is which because, you know, if you're similar to me, finding your voice is a little harder. So that's the truth. Interesting. So interesting. And thank you so much for sharing that. And I know that isn't always easy to talk about. And I wish I could say I knew the answer to why this is something like I just want to try and help you fix it. But that's obviously not it either. Like you said, you're, you're going to go through that and you're going to sift through that and figure out the why of that. I do know that that's, it is an unsettling feeling when it's almost like you don't even trust your own self. Like that can happen to people. That happened to me, but as a result of a really bad romantic relationship, I I found myself in that position where I I was so conflicted inside. I didn't even know myself enough to, to, to stand up for myself or to use my voice or to to like things that should be inherently easy just suddenly aren't because you're so off kilter or whatever. I was at least able to really point to why that was and and then Mm. recover from all of that. But I'm certain a lot of people, like you said, can wind up there. And so I love that you're being honest and going to try and figure that out and get back to Allie. 
Yes, I, I'm excited to get back to her. She's slowly coming. She's slowly awakening from her deep sleep. <laughs> I guess. I'm going to ask you one question that's going to make me sound like I'm trying to be a doctor. However, <laughs> do you ever think that because you are, again, seemingly from where we're all sitting, sitting you've, you've mastered so many pillars in your life and you're mastering all the things that you're doing. Do you think maybe, or are you possibly craving to be afraid again or to be more challenged again or to be like, kind of, you've got this on lock, like what's next to make you just stretch outside of yourself again? Does any of that? Yeah, I love that we're going through this in real time. I'm, I'm, I'm open. I think it's, I I did think of that, of like, what is it, is it potentially the fact that I don't have anything new? Like, I love the roles that I'm in, right? Like being a Peloton instructor, hosting for the Brooklyn Nets, being the CEO and founder of Love Squad. I love all those things, but is it, it comes back to the question of, could it be that I'm very comfortable in these spaces and now this comfort is freaking me out a little bit and I'm kind of, you know, out of my depth and being too comfortable. Whereas the challenges of life or like that hustle mentality was always inspiring. It could be. I don't know. But I do know one of the things that's very impactful and not the greatest way is I've lived a lot of my life and you know this very well. You had a personal relationship that you just shared that wasn't the best. Going through that when you are somewhat public, a public person, is really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's magnifying this experience that I'm having. So what would take would have taken me or that I'm not saying that I've never gone through this before. I just don't know because it being very visual, visual and public is magnifying it. Therefore, probably taking me longer to figure it out. Therefore, taking more a multitude of emotions of fear, embarrassment, like all these things. And so I think it does like I'm, I've grown up in the public eye. And in the beginning, when I first started getting a little bit more recognized, it was fine because no one knew me. But now it's like there's a lot more, while the world is a lot more receptive, right? That we all say we're receptive and we're being as inclusive and equitable as possible. All the keywords, once again, the reality is people aren't. They're, they're still thoroughly judgmental. And so I think handling that now has been really challenging. So I don't know if it's the fact that I, I want something new, I'm craving novelty, but I know whatever it is it does make it more challenging. And I don't want to sound like, woe is me, because people are like, well, you chose to be a public person, so deal with it. 100% agree with you. You are right, my friend. Those are facts. But the dealing with is where I am now. So I'm not not dealing with it. It's just not a good story to to listen to. You know what I mean? So I think it's growing up in the public eye a little bit is, and I can only imagine, like I was reading literally Britney Spears and Christina, Christina Aguilera just unfollowed Britney Spears because she said a mean comment about her. But I can only imagine growing up with that many eyes on me. Oh my God, we have to have grace for each other. Gee. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. And at least now I feel like, I mean, even the podcast space alone, I think the there is a, a looseness about media today, thankfully, that is more authentic, that is allowing people to tell their stories like we're having right now. I mean, look at me. I had this career on E for decades And was it exciting and glamorous? Did I travel the world? All these wonderful things. Did I meet, you know, royalty? Yes, like that was so cool. But I was not having conversations like this. I I love that we are at least able to share in a way. And like you said, make space for people and the realness that is going on in people's lives. But I totally connect and understand what you're saying about 
It's not even that you chose to be in the public eye and that it's hard. It's that you are required to be on for other people. That is your job. So when Allie has a really shitty day or when Allie, you know, has like bad news thrown her way or, you know, whatever tragedy might occur in your life, you still have to get on the bike or you still have to get on, you know, whatever. You still have to show up for other people because that is your choice and that is a beautiful gift that you're giving others. But I know that feeling because I was on TV every day and I, you know, it's like I was going through a divorce. I, I could have been on the floor in pain, but I st- the light still went on and he still had a fire and got in and all that's going on. And so yes. in many ways that can save you. I always said, you know, in some ways I didn't get to be in bed and get depressed because I had a job to do and that was a good thing. Um, but mm-hmm. the other side of that is that you learn, I don't know if you have this, you learn to put it over there and then, and then you go put it over there and then eventually it catches up with you. So so I do understand. <laughs> and then you end up on the couch for eight hours watching BritBox or whatever. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, and I, I don't want to come off like, woe is me. Oh my gosh, pity party. You're not. I think it's just the reality of what anyone at any, in any space could potentially be going through at any time. You're not alone, right? Yes. I'm very grateful for my job. I, like you said, there are upsides in the fact that I do need to, I have to get out of bed in a sense. Like I can't just stay in that space. And so I appreciate, I'm very grateful for our 7 million members at Peloton and the Love Squad and like the things that I really do enjoy doing and the people that are around me. I'm very, very blessed. I think all of it comes down when it comes to being honest, what I'm learning is, you know, I know this is a lesson and I'm hoping this is a lesson that's shaping for a great book. Like in my mind, I'm going through this to tell this story and to write a story that is evergreen that people can always kind of tap into. But the reality is like, is to have grace with yourself or me to have grace with myself, but also for other people, right? And I think that to me is the biggest lesson. Like I'm, 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 I'm doing my thing and I'm fortunate enough that I get to do my thing while doing all the other things around many folks that are in, you know, very empowering and encouraging as well. But I, I know that it, it is taking a moment to have grace and say, this is where I am. I'm not, I'm not mad about, so let me also be clear, Kat, I'm not mad about where I am. I am figuring it out. And I assume that this ain't going to be the last time that I'm going to be in a space where I'm figuring it out. It's not the first. It's just where I am. And I'm having... What? You don't have it all figured out? <laughs> See, that's I am the beauty. Perfect. I am Thank perfect. Thank you for Everything, sharing that. Everything that I touch works. <laughs> no, there it is. There it is. No, no, no. I hear you. And, and, and we appreciate that so much. Will you tell everyone a little about Love Squad and yeah. what it is and how they can participate? Yeah. So you know what it is, is it's a women empowerment company that I created when I was like right in college because I had no money and I couldn't get to any events because no one knew who I was. And so I didn't get any of the invites. So I ended up creating this company called Love Squad and we do women empowerment events around the fact of conversation, right? So I invite folks like Kat, like people that are in my network to come in for free to give at a low to no cost because access to information is so expensive to come in and have a real dialogue, similar to what we're doing now, to be able to ask questions, to be able to meet each other. And it's a small company that I've had for a long time. And I, I'm obsessed with it in the sense of, I know what it feels like to be alone. Yes. I know what it feels like to not know what you're going to do with your life. Yes. I know what it feels like to not have any money da-da, to go into places to figure out what to do with your life. And so what I do, what I, what we do is we solve those, right? We come in with sponsors, we create these events and things like that. And so in terms of getting involved, I think right now we're redoing our hiring our team. We're expanding, which is great. It's like a slow process 
because I do so many things. But it's, again, a beautiful process in that I'm, I'm very proud of the work that we've done, the amount of money we've donated, the many women that, especially because we've done more events in New York and Chicago, but the many women and folks that have come out to the events that have been impacted, that have been empowered to find that you know confidence or step into that confidence or walk away with practical tools to use at work is it's quite, you know, again, I'm very proud of all of that. So that's what it is. And I'll, I will, con- I always say I will continue to do Love Squad, even if it's, I'm old and gray and it's basically a Tupperware party. I'm like, <laughs> I love it. Now, see, if Love Squad isn't an offering, I don't know what is. Love Squad, you guys, you can go to the Love Squad Instagram also and learn yes. more. And Allie's Instagram, of course, to follow her on all the things. Mm-hmm. Before I let you go, how about a quickie rapid fire? Just for okay. fun. Just okay. a, a quickie. It's not even difficult and it's actually quite short, but we'll get to know you even better. Okay, Allie, coffee or tea? Tea. Housewives or Kardashians? I don't watch reality TV show. <laughs> oh my gosh. If And that's, oh my gosh, Kat. I'm so, if I was in a room with many of the housewives, I wouldn't, I, not that they're not great, I assume. I don't know. I wouldn't know anyone. <laughs> and Yeah. So what I loved most about your answer was your face. I wish everyone could have seen your face when I asked that. <laughs> um, West Coast or East Coast? East Coast. Mm, I knew you were going to say that. Nets or Knicks? Nets, the Brooklyn Nets all the way. Even though I was a Knicks City dancer back in the day. Didn't you host for the Pacers? I did! Because, okay, so I also like researched you. This was probably about seven years ago when I was like starting out in my career. And I was looking at people who did the things that I did, that I wanted to do. And it was you. It was Padma Lashmi. It was Ryan Seacrest and it was Oprah. And I like researched y'all. The best way to do is just read people's autobiographies and research them. And I literally, that's why I said like, I know you very well. Like when you, it was like you had your kids and then you were doing the Pacers and then you were traveling, like you were single. It was like a whole... Yes. Anyway. Wow. I'm just flattered to be in that Google search of those people. Thank you. That is so nice. And I did. I love sports. I grew up in Indiana loving, loving sports. And it just so happened that the director of the first TV news station I was working at when I was like, this is actually when I was back for the second time. So I I think I was actually pushing 30 at the time. But yeah, I was like, hey, you want to be the in-game gal for the Pacers? I was like, yeah. Like, Larry Bird was the general manager at the See? time. Reggie Miller was still on the team. Like I was, I love that job, but I only did it for a couple of years because then I, I moved to LA. But yes, I do. I have a, another connection to you because I certainly understand what that, that job requires. And that's not an easy job. I always say that the, the in life, like real human being hosting is harder than like what we're doing or staring at a little lens. That's, that's, yeah. that's real work. It is. So much respect, much respect. What word do you hate hearing? This is a hard one. I've never even thought of this. It's a good question, by the way. Hmm. Can I say a phrase? Sure. I think the hardest one for me is, I don't mean to be mean. I don't mean to be rude, but like, I don't like that. I don't like, well, I don't, I don't mean to be rude or I don't mean to be mean. You're like, well, just don't. (laughs) Yes. I love that. That's so good. Is your bed made right now? No, it's not. Uh, What is your ideal yummiest breakfast? So another thing is I actually hate breakfast. Lost a lot of followers. I do not like breakfast. I I really cannot wrap my head around breakfast. Yesterday I woke up and I waited. This was like, again, excited to do work and then like hit the wall. I like ate Indian food at 10 a.m. because... (laughs) 
seriously. I like, even when I teach Tabata, for example, I get off because I work out in the morning, I crave salt, right? Electrolytes. So I'll, I want a salad. So I'll go to Subway and get just a veggie salad with all the vegetables and pickles and jalapenos and vinegar. And that's what I'll eat after class because I, I really do crave salty food more so than sweet. So I don't love like cereal. I'll eat oatmeal. But if I could have dinner for breakfast or lunch for breakfast, I prefer that. Interesting. See, we are learning about you. How many languages do you speak? Oh, one and a half. <laughs> What's the half? Has anyone ever said that? No, because I think that I speak Spanish very well. I, I speak Spanish moderately well. So I understand because I grew up in Miami and it's very much a, a Spanish, Spanish-speaking city and town. But honestly, after a few cocktails, <laughs> so one and a half. Okay. I feel like I keep saying this, but we have a lot in common. I was a Spanish minor in college. And my biggest regret is that I never really traveled abroad or lived abroad because I think I would be fluent in Spanish, but I I just like lost it and never really practiced it. So I I do speak like Spanglish for sure. Like I like I know enough, but I can't, it's not pretty. It's not pretty at Wait, all. Can I tell you this really quick story? My husband and I have been together for 10 years, right? Dating. We've only been married for one. Andrew and I have, we started traveling together. We go to these Spanish speaking places. I'm like, don't worry. I got this. I'm from Miami. I'm like ordering from us. Three years into our relationship, we go to like, I don't know, another Spanish speaking company. We're like in Seville or something. And I start talking in Spanish and all of a sudden homeboy's like, you said it wrong. And I'm like, what do you know? I'm the one who speaks Spanish. I'm sure, you know, the person understood what I was saying. He's like, no, here's a grammatic way to say it. Lo and behold, for three years, my boyfriend, he was my boyfriend at the time, kept it a secret that he was a Spanish minor. <laughs> now, once did he correct me oh, three years on vacation? Like I, when, yeah, I told you after a couple of cocktails, <gasps> I speak Spanish fluently. And I, I was, I was like very deeply offended. I was like, this should be a sin on your behalf because Ooh. this should have told me sooner. You have me out here just messing things up. It, and he had, so anyways, you share that with him. He has a Spanish minor. He's really good at Spanish. Disclosure clause. Where is it? Hello? My gosh, I guess you should have interviewed him a little more <laughs> in depth. And just lastly, because it sure is a beautiful day, what is what is your idea of a beautiful day? What does it look like? Mm, I think it's definitely somewhere on a beach. So you wake up, have tea by the water. I don't love getting in the water, but I, I get on, it's sunny outside. There's beautiful water. I have some tea, read a book listen to some music. I think it's definitely doing a workout midday and then having like a late lunch into a siesta. I love a good nap, 15 minutes. I can, I'm the queen of naps. I love it. And to a very long dinner with friends. If I could have like a 10 person dinner with my friends and just like, you know, with some yummy food, probably like some Mediterranean food, that would be, that would be the perfect day. Yummy. Okay, now I'm hungry. I'm hungry and I my heart is full. I'm so grateful for you taking the time yeah. in your busy, busy life to be in conversation. I just know everyone's going to love, love hearing from you. So thank you, Allie, so much. Thank you, Kat. This is, I mean, you don't know what this means to me. This is great for me. I love talking to you and I've, I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. I've talked to you. You just never knew I was talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That makes me so happy. Okay. Well, I'm going to stick all the things down in the description and all the links and everybody can follow you and take your classes and, and support and get involved. So we appreciate you. Of course. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. 
And a reminder, you can catch a brand new episode of It Sure Is a Beautiful Day every Tuesday. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And of course, I'd love to hear from you. So leave me a rating and leave me a review. Also, follow us on social media for all the behind the scenes action and more info. That's at I am Kat Sadler on Instagram and at ABD with Kat. Talk to you next Tuesday. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.